Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. But before we break that open, the bread of life, let's invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Tom, do you mind leading us? Sure. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And and kindle kindle in us the the fire of your your love. love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And And you you shall shall renew renew the the face face of the the earth. earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? The gospel reading is from the book of Mark, the first chapter, verses 40 through 45. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, I can't help but look at this and, and, and as a Roman Catholic, look at it and say, oh my goodness, this is, the, this is what we do when we go to our Lord Jesus in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Because a lot of times a leper is portrayed in scriptures as a physical ailment, but most times it's, perva- it's perceived as a spiritual ailment. So we look at this and say, a leper came to Jesus. So when we go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we go to Jesus. And what does he do? He kneels down. So do we. That's a, that's a sign of humility and, and a sign that Jesus is the source. He's the king. And then he begged him, begged him. You know, when I go to confession, I want to make sure I beg God. This is a great mercy for him to forgive me of my free will choice to sin. And then that acknowledgement that he has the power. He has the power to forgive. But it really, really goes back to my heart. Do I truly have a heart that is contrite, that truly wants to repent, that truly wants to turn away from sin? We know that Jesus can make us clean, as it says right here in the scriptures. And so when this man did, he showed that remorse for sin by kneeling down and begging, 
Jesus was moved with pity. He stretched out his hand and touched him. And I wrote the word wounds down because Jesus stands at the door, knocking on the door of our heart, wanting to touch our wounds, wanting to come into the places that have been wounded and hurt where we're harboring unforgiveness, anger, you know, all these things, these, you know, in the back page it says pustules uh, in, in the reading that we have back there from uh, Leviticus, but these sacks that are not healthy, you know, healthy within us. They need to be lanced by Christ's love so that they can be cleansed and cleaned. So, you know, for me, it's a matter of inviting Jesus into the wounds, sharing everything with him in this great sacrament of reconciliation, recognizing that he can make us clean. And then Jesus says, I do will it. It's his will that we be made clean. And we become a new creation that moment in Christ, pure as when we were first born. We were first baptized, pure, pure, pure. Jesus makes us clean. The dead is buried. Don't dig it back up. When we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, let it be dead. Let it be dead. So that, that really, to me, really took me through that journey of, of the sacrament that we have, of reconciliation, and going to Jesus, who is represented by the priest, He's in persona Christi. He is merely instrument that God uses because the scripture commands us, confess your sins to one another. So thank you, Lord, for being able to confess my sins to the priest, which is actually just the vessel God uses to hear the sins and then to say those words of, of, of reconciliation to us, your sins are forgiven, and to give us counsel in the confessional. You know, I've confessed sins where the priest said, you know, that's not a sin. You know, or he's given me other counsel. So it's a beautiful, beautiful sacrament. And and that's just what really is flowing out of me as we just read this, Tom. I'm just fascinated. Yeah. So, and the thing that I that really hit me when I, and I read this, really the whole first part of this, but where um, it says Jesus was moved with pity. This comparison between leprosy and the sinfulness that we have, and we think about, you know, Jesus reaching out, stretching out his hand, and touching the leper. Um, that that really is something that for a lot of people would be very repulsive. But Jesus touches the man and says, and looks at, moved with pity, and says, "I do will it," you know, because because the man's begging him, you know, and realizing that it's in Jesus' power to say no if he wants to. But Jesus looks at him with pity and says, "I do will it. Be made clean," and the leprosy left him immediately. And I think that we need to re- remember this image, you know, this this physical image, this image in the material world. Because this is exactly what happens to us in the, in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we give our sins to the Lord, when we lay them down in front of him, we, we kneel down before him and we beg his, his help, um, he's moved with pity. And he does will that, we, that we're healed. And he does heal us. And we are healed immediately. So I think that's the thing that really kind of jumps out at me here um, initially. And, you know, I, I, I never want to take for granted this great grace that we've been given through the priests, yes, to be a part of the body of Christ in their unique their unique role as priests of God. Because when I go to the confessional, I really, truly, it's a matter of my heart. It's a matter of where I'm at that I truly want to turn away from that sin. I want to repent. It's not a car wash. It's not a, a, a turnstile. It's not a you know, just go in there, do my thing, and now I'm good to go. I can go sin again tonight. No, no. So that surrender where he says, you know, if you wish, and then God wills it. Jesus wills it, that cleansing. 
That's surrender to God's will. That's the way I want to go. A humble sinner saying, have mercy on me. I want tears to come out of my eyes to realize the pain that I caused God by my choice to sin and then surrender to his will, not taking it for granted. That, that was huge. Then I love the part here it goes on. It says, then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. But this is what he said to him. Tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. For me, that's what we do. We can go to Jesus every day, ask the Holy Spirit to come in to church us, to re reveal to us our sinful nature, ask for forgiveness, repent, and, and be cleansed by the Lord. But he's given us the sacrament of reconciliation to go. My encouragement, if you can go weekly, go. Pope John Paul II did it. It was good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Every two weeks, every three weeks, once a month, oh my goodness, if I go once a month, I've got so much dirt that I feel in me. There's cynicism. There's sarcasm. I can feel the, the impure, I call it sulfur, bursts of sulfur within me. It's not good because I don't know all my sins. I can justify so much. But I think this is very important also. When he says, don't tell anybody anything, when we go and we are cleansed by God, what we don't want to do is go out and then keep telling about our sins and keep bringing them back up. My, my spiritual director said, David, would you stop digging up the dead? It stinks. So for me, once it's it's forgiven, yes, we can be used by God and it be, be our testimony if God chooses to use us. But to go out there and keep just bringing them back up, a lot of times the root of that is we've never forgiven ourselves. We've never forgiven ourselves, so we keep repeating and telling about it. You know, yeah, I fell, yeah, yeah. Stop. You've been made clean. You're a new creation in Christ. You know, you're, you're a child of God. And you know what? We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all fall. So for me to keep digging it up is a warning sign that many times I haven't forgiven myself. I haven't forgiven myself. And that's a grave sin that we need to go to confession and ask for the grace to forgive ourselves, you know, and ask and repent repent for that. So that to me, don't share it. And, and here's the other key piece. Never, ever, never, ever share another person's sins with anyone. That is not biblical. It's not of God. It's used as a tool of the enemy to destroy the church and destroy people in the church. Nowhere in sacred scripture does it say we're supposed to confess other people's sins to other people. That's not of God. We're supposed to confess our sins to others. God gave us the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, which is a safe place. We're to confess our sins to a priest who's been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus blew the Holy Spirit on him, he said, who sins you forgive are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained. So that gift was given to the apostles and then passed on down to the bishops and priests. So thank you, Lord, for that sacrament that I have a safe place to go to confess my sins where I know I'm not going to be betrayed. My sins aren't going to be told to other people, which then goes down the, the gossip line and ends up hurting the church, hurting other people. It's not of God. So don't ever, ever confess other people's sins to other people. That's not of God. It's not of God. It's being a, used as a tool of the enemy. And, you know, David, I think, too, uh, when you say don't ever confess other people's sins, um, I think that's not just the sins that they share with us. I think it's also the things that we see about them 
that we consider to be wrong or are, uh, sometimes just uh, things that they've done that are mistakes. That are, um, I know, you know, when, when I work in, in business and do consulting work, that one of the things that, that I find that makes an organization very inefficient is for people to continually bring up things with no intent to improve them or fix them. And I think it's also important for us to look at this whole passage and realize that Jesus's orientation, God's orientation in our uh, recognizing our sinfulness, our leprosy inside is toward forgiveness, that he wants to draw us into that relationship with him. He wants us to be closer with him. So his whole, whole orientation towards you know, reaching out and touching us in our leprosy and our sinfulness is really to bring us out of that so that when we do confess other people's sins, it's it's not doing anything positive for them. It's not doing anything positive for us when we share other people's faults or share other people's problems. Now, if we're working in a community context and we're bringing things up that we want to work on and improve, sometimes there is something there, but it's oriented toward an improvement. It's oriented toward a let's get past this problem. Let's forget about this sin or this mistake or whatever, and let's move on and let's fix it. And I think that's always Jesus's orientation is to bring us not only out of sinfulness, but bring us closer to him and closer to our, tr- our true destiny in life. And that's what I think we're supposed to be doing. That's what our whole, our whole faith is about. Right. And not holding people to their past. I know there was a time in my life where, you know, I would look at somebody and say, up, oh, yep, he committed adultery. Up, oh, yep, you know, he had a drug addiction. Up, oh, yep, he was an alcoholic or he is an alcoholic. And the Lord's like, hello, are you a sinner? What if all your sins were publicized here and now and everybody spoke about them? How would you feel? And I'm like, or held you to him. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. I was identifying the person with a mistake they made and a sin that they committed that God had forgiven. And here I am still holding them to their past. So boy, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be used by the enemy. And I want to, and when somebody comes to me and say, hey, did you hear what Bob did? I'll say, you know what? No, I didn't. And I don't want to know, but he may need our prayers, but he needs our prayers. Let's pray for him. We need to help people stop spreading gossip. And truth can be used as gossip. If it doesn't help, don't do it. Don't do it. If it's not meant with a pure heart to help that person one-on-one, not to other people. So again, great learning lesson, because I think many people have been betrayed by people in the church. Their reputations have got trashed, ruined, and has divided the church again and again and again. And you know, many people, they guise it as something holy. Let's pray for Bob. He's committed adultery against Susie. Excuse me. Let's pray for Bob. Let's pray for Susie. Let's pray for their marriage. Enough. Done. No specifics. Don't bring up the sins. Don't do it. I'm telling you, and somewhere in Scripture it says, you know, what was done in the darkness, don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. It's been forgiven. It's under the blood of Christ. You know, he paid the price. If that person's repented and turned around, rejoice like heaven does. Rejoice in where God has him today. Don't go back into their past. Don't do it. It's not of God. The other the other part of this passage that I think kind of jumped out at me when I read through it was, you know, Jesus warns him sternly uh, and then, you know, dismisses him at, at once and says, you know, see that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest. Well, that, that was the prescription, the requirement for a leper being you know, um, proclaimed clean. But at the same time, the man, the man goes off and publicizes the whole matter to everybody. And so it becomes difficult for Jesus to, 
you know, to uh, enter a town openly. Um, and it, it's interesting because right after Jesus um, forgave him, he goes off in an act of disobedience and, and goes ahead and publishes, does exactly what the Lord asked him not to do, and it makes it difficult for Jesus to be able to um, to touch other people. Now, it, it you know, the Lord being, um, you know, the, uh, the attractive person that he is, people um, find out about this, and, of course, they seek him out and find him in the deserted places where he is, but it, it takes away something of God's ability. It limits God at some level when we don't uh, obey him, because now Jesus can't bring himself, he can't bring his love to people and seek them out where they are because he can't get into the towns. And that's a perfect example, David, of when you said earlier about doing things that seem like good acts. This man was telling people, Jesus healed me. He, mm-hmm. was, he was spreading the word about Jesus, but he was doing it in direct opposition yep. to his instructions. Yep. And so he hindered the gospel. Yes, We have to be careful that what we're doing out of our love for Jesus, out of our enthusiasm, right. is not in opposition to his instructions to us and hindering the gospel in some way. If we're obedient to him, we will never hinder. We will only enhance. Yeah, and I always say a little prayer, Rick. Lord... <clears throat> Allow me to share what you want me to share, hear what I'm to hear, and remain silent to what I'm not. And when I pray that prayer, prayer, it's amazing how the Spirit within me does exactly that. And when I fail to pray that prayer, you know what? Something can be said that's not healthy. That wasn't what God wanted released. And once it's out in the airwaves, the enemy knows exactly what's going on. So, hey, good counsel, Rick, good counsel. And I, I love the fact here that Jesus, even though the man went directly to Jesus, knelt down, begged, was forgiven, Jesus didn't say, that's it. No, he did what? Sent him to a priest. Sent him to a priest. The Catholic Church has a role. The priests have a role at a ministry of healing the sick. So the man still went to the priest, and then the priest gave him penance, the cleansing, what Moses prescribed. You know, that going confessing the sins to another human being, and then getting a penance for that. What is the penance? Well, it can be a prayer, a list of prayers. It can be prayers. It can be acts of service, whatever the Holy Spirit prompts the priest to do. But so Jesus here in this Gospel of Mark includes a priest and includes penance, includes, you know, kneeling down, begging. It is the sacrament of reconciliation. It's all right here. The the other thing that uh, that I picked up about this, and I I hear it coming through in your in your comments, um, um, David, is that you know this whole matter of of us sharing, uh, first of all, becoming aware of those things that that are um, problems for us, things that are you know our our leprosy, our things that we're doing um, that are having a negative effect on other people, or those things that are making us. Um, you know, an outcast to other people in our lives. Um, I think those things are the things that we, you know, we're called to be a little bit more aware of and actually maybe a lot more aware of. Um, and also that we that we go to the Lord and beg his forgiveness for those things. But the first thing is, I think, the recognition that we are lepers, that we are sinners, that we need to be forgiven. And I think that's an important part of this whole this whole process is recognizing that this isn't just a story about Jesus and a leper. This is a story about us being cleansed and being brought closer to being brought closer to the fullness of life that we're called to as life in Christ. 
And, and you know, you described a leper, and, and, and I had an experience in Ethiopia with Father George of meeting lepers that had walked, had walked seven hours since two in the morning to come to meet us that we could give them cans of corn, that you know, dried corn that we'd scoop up and dump into their clothes they were wearing. They had missing fingers, missing hands. You know, they were covered in sores. But, you know, I said to the Lord, Lord, help me to love them. And I hugged them. I embraced them. And I had no fear. And, you know, where that would be repulsive to many people, when I looked into their eyes, the ache of their eyes was for love. Their ache of their eyes was for human touch. Their ache of their eyes was for acceptance. That moment changed me. My friend and I were kneeling there just feeding these people, just weeping weeping. And the beauty that we saw in their eyes, Christ alive in them, unfathomable, unfathomable. And you know, I want to do what Jesus did here. When a spiritual leper comes to me, I want to have pity on them. You know, and I'm thinking, I don't want to, re- I don't want to look and see like, there's a, there's a woman that I know. She makes a lot of pornographic movies, not nice ones, very, very nasty ones from what I understand. And I all she's ever seen from me is love. All she's ever seen from me is pure love. It is not condemnation. She knows in her heart. And you know, I don't know where she's at on her journey today, but I see in her now compassion. I see in her now mercy. I see in her now charity. Oh, wait a minute. These aren't attributes of the enemy. So I see a beautiful flower that was abused horrifically now coming into bloom. But what watered her? Love, pure love, unconditional love. You know, and I I look at people that, you know, that are drug addicts or alcoholics. They're lepers in a spiritual sense. They just want to meet Jesus. They want their wounds touched. They want to know that you care. They want to know that you love them unconditionally where they're at. The world judges them. We are called to not judge. We are called to love. And so for me, the more Christ is alive and growing in me, the more I can hug the leper. I can love the prostitute, love the porn star, love the alcoholic, the drug addict. They're not repulsive. They're children of God. God created them in his image and likeness. The world has distorted them. What will restore them? Love the love of Jesus flowing purely in me, with me, and through me. And that takes a really, really close communion, common union with Jesus Christ. That takes a daily repentance, a daily filling up with the Word of God and staying close to the heart of God the Father and a continual bathing in the fires of His sacred heart that He may burn off from me anything, anything, That is not of God. We're called to be perfect. We're called to be holy. We're all on a journey. Home is heaven. Let us all seek the Lord, seek his strength, be missionaries of his love and his grace, living water vessels that are taken out into this world that is starving for truth. You know, there's a beautiful prayer that we pray before we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, and also it's a great prayer to use every evening to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts. So, 
I'd like to share that prayer and then also do an act of contrition and a prayer for reconciliation that, that I think our listeners, it comes from our Stewardship of Mission of Faith little prayer book. I think it really may be a blessing to a lot of people. So again, the prayer before reconciliation. Come Holy Spirit into my soul, enlighten my mind, that I may know the sins I ought to confess and grant me your grace to confess them fully, humbly, and with a contrite heart. Help me to firmly resolve not to commit them again. O Blessed Virgin, Mother of my Redeemer, mirror of innocence and sanctity, and refuge of penitent sinners, intercede for me through the passion of your Son, that I may obtain the grace to make a good confession. All you blessed angels and saints of God, pray for me, a most miserable sinner, that I may repent from my evil ways, that my heart may henceforth be forever united with yours in eternal love. Amen. An act of contrition. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you, and I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, because they offend you, my God, who art all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and avoid the near occasions of sin. Amen. And there's a beautiful prayer after reconciliation, and it goes like this. My dearest Jesus, I have told all my sins to the best of my ability. I have sincerely tried to make a good confession, and I know that you have forgiven me. Thank you, my dear Jesus. Your divine heart is full of love and mercy for poor sinners. I love you, dear Jesus. You are so good to me. My loving Savior, I shall try to keep from sin and to love you more each day. Dearest Mother Mary, pray for me and help me to keep all of my promises. Protect me and do not let me fall back into sin. Dear God, Help me to lead a good life. Without your grace, I can do nothing. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that helped each and every one of you as you continue to have the life, the life in abundance that Jesus Jesus gave his life for. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.